Hello, and welcome to the Flick Loving Chicks podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Ava. And this is our first episode. We're both very excited and a little nervous, so excuse us if it's a little bit awkward. We created this podcast to share our love of film with those who have the same passion. Today's episode is about Hamilton. Ava and I are both big fans of the show, and we were super excited to watch it. The film was directed by Thomas Kale, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and stars Lin-Manuel Miranda, Philippa Sue, Leslie Odom Jr., Renee Elise Goldsberry, and many more. It's available to stream on Disney Plus as of July 3rd. So, Ava, did you have any initial thoughts about the movie before you started watching? Initially, I was really excited. Then, I don't know, I started reading articles about where does Hamilton fit into our cultural landscape now? with its celebration of historical figures who may not hold values that we see today as good. I don't know, I felt that really challenging because I love the show. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm celebrating icons that represent, you know, slavery or... So I felt I found that kind of challenging and I felt like that kind of dampened my enthusiasm a little bit. I guess personally for me, I don't think the show is supporting slavery but i do still recognize that in history of course they were not very good people but like i feel like in the show it's it's not really about that if that makes any sense i agree i just think that you know there are things that we need to look at more critically than than people did when the show came out i guess should we get into it Alright, okay, so the show starts off with the song Alexander Hamilton. It introduces the characters in the show and also the plot a little bit too. I mean, I think it's a really good introduction to the show. I think it's a good start because it it definitely gets you interested in the show. And I did want to talk a little bit about the camera work because I thought it was good and I was definitely excited to see everything close up. I'd have to say that's not really a thing. I was, I'm not really a technical person, so I don't think I really focused on that too much, but I thought it was really cool to see the musical that close up. So the next song is Aaron Burr, Sir, and pretty much just Alexander meets Aaron Burr for the first time, and then their whole relationship starts. I love that the wordplay and I think it's the song is like a really good introduction to their personalities because Hamilton is like over the top and Burr is very like staid and and then I also I don't know if this is true or not I just read it one place but I said that Burr walks in straight lines and Hamilton walks like in a curve and so like that's kind of about their personalities too like oh that's interesting the next song is My Shot. We're introduced to Lawrence, Lafayette, and Mulligan, who are all friends, I guess, of Hamilton and Burr. So it's cool to like see their little introductions. I think we get to see each of their personalities. It kind of misrepresents the characters a little bit. Hamilton really wasn't this like staunch abolitionist that the musical portrays him as, but I feel like we need the, I want to just separate the, you know, there's the history, which we can kind of look at separately from the musical, which I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to think about, I don't think those characters are the way they are portrayed in the musical, and we shouldn't like think about history, you know, it's Hamilton. The next song is The Story of Tonight, which kind of just them 
bonding and starting this revolution. I love the harmonies in that song. That's mm -hmm. probably my main thought on that. Yeah. The next song is the Skylar Sisters, which were introduced to the Skylar Sisters. Peggy, Angelica, and Eliza. This is one of my favorites for sure. I thought it was interesting how much younger Peggy sounded on the stage than on the cast recording. I just, I like this song a lot because uh, Angelica is one of my favorite characters. Also Eliza. And just like the relationship between the sisters, I like that. Yeah. I mean, we talked about a little bit about wordplay, but when she said, Burr, you disgust me. Ah, so you've disgust me. Yes. But I just love that moment so much. So the next song is Farmer Refuted, which, I mean, it's like basically just this messenger guy, Samuel Seabury. He's talking about how he doesn't really support the revolution. And then Hamilton's just like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I love the line, is he in Jersey? That, like, gets me a <laughs> Next is You'll Be Back, which is King George III's first song. And... Wow. Basically, all I have to say is it just surprises me how much, like, Jonathan Groff, like, gets into character and he just commands the stage. And he only has, like, ten minutes of screen time, maybe, but everybody loves him. <laughs> I know. He's so iconic. Mormon, how it's, like, a love song, kind of. Like, it's a demented love song. We've got Right Hand Man. Washington is introduced, and he's basically just looking for a right-hand man. Berwin's the position, but then Hamilton ends up getting it, so that causes more of a rift between them. It's a good song. It just, yet again, it kind of paints Washington in a favorable light, which I understand in the context of, like, a story about the American Revolution, but, eh, I don't feel super comfortable with seeing Washington as a hero. I guess it's just another thing with like the separating it from history, but I also feel like it's not good to like totally just like ignore the history. Next up, we've got a winter's ball, which I mean that there's not really like much of a It's a pretty short song. Yeah. Um they're basically just like they like women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they do, like, the funny little dance, and I don't know, it's just, it cracks me up. So then after that is Helpless, which is when Hamilton meets the Schuyler sisters for the first time, and Eliza basically just, like, falls head over heels in love for him. Then they basically end up getting married at the end of the song. That was definitely one of the ones I was most looking forward to seeing played out. I don't know, I just, sometimes I can't really visualize, like, what's going on my favorite part is when she's like you walked in and my heart went boom and then there's like the boom sound i don't know it's like so satisfying <laughs> so then next up we've got satisfied which i love this song this song's pretty much just angelica is thinking about what would have happened if like she hadn't introduced eliza well, to hamilton so <laughs> Angelica was already married when 
they actually met for the first time. Wait, really? I didn't know that. He was married. She had two children. So she wasn't actually, like, in the position to... I think it just makes her character more, like... Like, would we find her relationship with Hamilton more acceptable since she didn't have met her husband in the show yet? It's the same guy that she gets married. I mean, they make references to him later in the show, but, yeah, she was married. Wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> I think, for me, every time I listen to the song, I always, like, think about what would have happened, like, if... Hamilton had married Angelica instead things probably would have turned out differently maybe for the both of them but you know it's really hard to say because it did not happen nope. <laughs> for me I like this song a lot because Renee Elise Goldsberry just like kills it I don't know she's excellent and just seeing it live really brought more emotion to it for me because I could see more of Angelica's like emotional struggle because it'd be really difficult to have your sister marry the person that you loved. Well, also, not that this is another kind of like historical inaccuracy, but um, Philip Schuyler did have other children who were male, so she did yeah. not have like, you know, she says, my father has no sons, which wasn't true. I just think that's like something we should know. You should that know. That wasn't exactly true. I think there were like 15 kids or something. Like I mean, they kind of do that with like Alexander and Eliza's kids too. Like they had a lot. They had like eight children. And they really only talk about like two of them. Yeah. And one of them mostly. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense why, but it's it's just weird that they don't even like talk about the other kids. <laughs> Um, so next we've got the story of tonight, the reprise. It's just them, like, Hamilton with his friends, and they're like, you're married now. So the next we've got Wait For It, which is Burr's first solo, I guess, and he's basically talking about how he's willing to wait for his opportunity and how he and Hamilton are kind of more rivals now at this point. I, I just love when it, like, transforms from, like, the kind of like he's the only one singing and the chorus comes in and it's like it speeds up and I just like I love that. He's amazing. Stay Alive's the next song. Hamilton's fighting in the war and Eliza's just doesn't want him to die. So then we've got the Ten Dual Commandments. General Lee was mouthing off about Washington. So then Lawrence was not very happy about that, so then he was going to duel him. So basically these are just the rules to a duel. (laughs) I mean, I like this song. I just feel like it's not one of my favorites. I think I read it's like a reference to a song by the Notorious B.I.G. I guess it was to show sort of like how Lawrence was willing to do anything for Hamilton. Was there something there? Yeah. Friendship? I mean, some of their letters, I think, were... They were a little suggestive. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. It's hard to say for me. That goes into Meet Me Inside. Washington's super pissed that Hamilton let Lawrence shoot Lee. So then, yeah, Washington sends Hamilton home. And then that goes into That Would Be Enough, which is um, Eliza scene to Hamilton that she's pregnant and she wants him to stay home to be with her and the baby. I feel like it's our first kind of like, besides helpless, I guess, like introduction to Eliza. Guns and ships. Davia Dix is just like such a personality. It's yes. like so explosive and 
I mean, it's so fast, but he makes it seem so easy. And then there's History Has Its Eyes on You, another Washington song. Basically, kind of what, you know, Eliza was saying, and that would be enough except from Washington. So he has, like, a different perspective of, you already made it this far. History is going to know your name. Okay, so then next up we've got Yorktown, the world turned upside down. They win the war. I like the song, like, you know, the black and white soldiers wonder, like, if this really means freedom. People were kept in slavery for a long time after that. That makes me a little uncomfortable. I Okay, I know this is weird, but I also thought it was, like, it kind of bothered me that they muted the F-bombs. Well, they had to do that to get <laughs> Yes, but it's like, it sort of takes away from the song. Like, I I mean, from this one, it wasn't as bad, but with Washington on your side, it was really weird to me, because they, like, did it really poorly. <laughs> I don't know, but that's just, like, a little problem I had for some reason. So then we have What Comes Next, which, another King George song, um, and he basically just hears that America is free now, and he's like what's gonna happen now it's another example of how he kind of rules the stage and then okay so now we've got dear theodosia burr and hamilton singing about how much they love their kids it sort of humanized them a little bit in my opinion just i i mean i like the song and i think it's like a kind of a love letter to their children the end of act one is non-stop which is how he affects everybody else in his life. Washington is pres he's gonna be president and he wants mm-hmm. Hamilton to yeah, be a treasurer. I love all the, the lines when he like they wrote federal the Federalist papers, like, you know, Hamilton wrote the other fifty one. I just love like the shock on his Yeah, he's just like, how in the world do you write so much? Like I don't know. That's insane though. Like fifty one I don't know how... Six months. That's the end of Act 1. Um, so then moving on to next, Act 2, the first song is What I Miss, which is our introduction to Jefferson. Dobby Diggs is just like... <laughs> his energy is off the chart. He just goes it. for it. Well, he kind of gives us an introduction to his character, and he tells Sally to open the letter for him. She was his slave, but also his mistress, so it's, like, kind of the, which, I mean, it's kind of weird, because Jefferson, you know, wrote, all men are created equal, but believe that slavery was a necessary evil. Jefferson was very interesting. He also apparently owned his brother-in-law, so, because his, so his wife's father had children with his, the enslaved, enslaved woman, and so, that son was enslaved so thomas jefferson owned him which is that's disturbing jefferson becomes the secretary of state so then he and hamilton go into cabinet battle number one and they're fighting about hamilton's plans to create the national bank i just i like this song a lot I like the first one better than the second one, I think. I don't know. I wish there was more, like, back and forth, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like he talks and then... Yeah, and then it's just kind of over. And... 
Okay, oh yeah, and then there's Take a Break, which is Angelica comes back from London, and they're gonna go to their father's place, but Hamilton's like, no, um, I gotta get my plan through Congress. <laughs> Come on, he should have gone. But I like that song a lot because it's like Philip's first song, and he has his cute little rap. I think those are watch like Anthony Ramos like play a nine year old because he's not. His little like kid mannerisms were really good, and it showed like a good family dynamic too at the beginning, which I thought was cute. Then Hamilton stays home because ugh, I don't know, and then in say no to this, he meets Mariah Reynolds, and yeah, they start having an affair. I love that song, but I'm also like, <laughs> So then Hamilton, like, gets a letter from Mariah's husband, and he's like, please pay me. So then Hamilton's kind of freaking out. I like, and I like the dichotomy between, like, Jasmine's character. So, like, like, kind of babyish Peggy and very adult Mariah Reynolds. Also, did you know that um, she and Anthony Ramos are engaged? Yeah, they're so That's cute. <laughs> The room where it happens, which is Burr's song, and he wants to be more involved. Yeah, Leslie kills it, and he gets to show off more of his dance moves in this one too. I I like the like the line about how the sausage gets made, but like you know, Blin kind of took this thing that not a lot. Of, you know, we don't really know what happens, and he made a song into it. So it's kind of cool that like you know this moment that we don't really know a whole lot about. And we make it into this like. Burr is jealous of Hamilton because he gets to be in there. So then after that, we have Skylar defeated. Burr beats Philip Skylar, like the the father, for um, the spot in the Senate. Senate. And then Hamilton's kind of mad because obviously Philip's his father-in-law. And then also Burr changed his political ideals just so he could get the spot. <laughs> and so then we move on to cabinet battle number two. So then we've got one last time, which is Washington resigning his presidency, and Jefferson's gonna run for president, and Hamilton's mad about that. I mean, I thought um, the performance was good, but like, I still feel like Washington was, he was portrayed too heroically. I think the way they like, start doing it together, like, you know, Lynn is writing it, and then Washington is oh yeah okay and then we go to i know him which is the last king george song and he learns that um i was gonna say like abigail adams becomes president but like no (laughs) yes john adams is the new president and he's basically just like yeah he's gonna bail i love i mean you couldn't tell this from the love the way he like stays on stage and is like laughing at what they're doing that was like one of my favorite like comedic moments because it was just like so perfect how he was like checking out what they were doing so that moves on to the adams administration hamilton's just mad about adams i don't know there's like wait we skipped washington on your side oh yeah oops sorry wait a second okay Oh yeah, the disappointing mute. That song's just um 
Jefferson, Burr, and Madison. They're all um, mad. Washington is following what Hamilton was like. Not that Hamilton is necessarily controlling Washington, but like Washington is listening to Hamilton more than them, and they're jealous about that. Now we're on We Know. Jefferson, Madison, and Burr find out that Hamilton was having an affair. Well, yeah, because they thought he was like embezzling, so that was why they came to. Well, I, actually, in real life, it wasn't those. It wasn't those three that came to confront him. I think it was Monroe, and then like two other random guys. Like the timeline in this, I think gets a little weird. Like it portrays it as like very close in succession, like with the Reynolds pamphlet and stuff. But I think it was quite a bit after, and like something else had happened. But yeah, because they do say I don't know if this is accurate, but like in this song, they were talking about how. Like, three years he was having this affair. But, like, you know, in the timeline of the show, it seems maybe, like, a couple weeks or something. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I like that song. I love Tommy Dick's what? Yeah, just, like, his little, like... He just did, like, all these little things that were just very funny. Yeah. I, I guess, like, one thing I thought I had about that was I thought it was weird that Hamilton was, like, I gotta, like, disprove all this, like, pain with the money thing but then he didn't really seem to have any sort of thoughts about how it would impact Eliza you know I didn't do anything wrong with the money but then he just kind of ignores the fact that you know he cheated on his wife (laughs) so then that goes into Hurricane he's kind of talking more about his childhood kind of how he keeps beating these odds and the legacy he's trying to build Um, yeah and just like I think it kind of it comes back to that, you know, he kind of wants to die, or, like, he wanted to die. There were a lot of times where you just, like, why couldn't I have died here? I just, I like that song a lot, and I love the lighting and, like, the choreography, especially when they're, like, um, when all the dancers come in and they're, like, holding the furniture, and it's, like, in slow motion. And a, like, a very visually appealing song. <laughs> that moves directly into the Reynolds pamphlet, which is Hamilton is like, oh, I gotta, like, tell people I had an affair for some reason, like, I think, I mean, I think it was kind of unfounded, but I think, like, I think I was reading, like, a while ago that, like, because of the way the show is, it kind of makes it seem like he did it out of nowhere, but he did have, like, there were other things that were, like, in, the only thing I'm, like, a little salty about is they cut congratulations from the like yes i love that song we see a lot more about angelica and i think it's disappointing that it got cut so oh yeah so then with the reynolds pamphlet um angelica comes back from london again because she wants to support eliza of course um but then hamilton thinks she's there for him which is like no and then everybody is like yeah he's never going to be president like, you messed up your life by publishing this. Because it was a very detailed description of the affair. So then that transitions into Burn. Ugh, the song. <laughs> I love it. It tears me apart, but it's Eliza singing about how upset she is that Hamilton cheated on her and broke her heart. And she burns all the letters that he sent her. The way they did that with, like, yes. the lantern. And, like, that was so cool. Yeah. And just, uh, the performance is amazing, and, um, yeah, it makes me tear up every time. But also another thing with, like, the Reynolds pamphlet, I 
like how at the end it's doing like the dun 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 like thing at the end with the piano and then it just like transitions right into it like that's I like that a lot yeah I mean I feel like it's more obvious on like when you're listening to like the soundtrack yeah um back to the Reynolds pamphlet my my brother pointed out how like throughout the whole song it's like you know they're talking about how it messed up Hamilton's life and then at the very end just as sort of like a footnote they're just like oh yeah Eliza like poor Eliza which I think it was really interesting because like obviously it affected her a lot too but they were mostly just focusing on Hamilton after burn we've got blow us all away so it starts off like super happy and it's like you know philip's all grown up he just graduated from college and george eager badmouth hamilton and so philip's not happy about that so they have a duel and then philip ends up getting shot and dies one thing um, i noticed yeah i i, I mean i noticed it like the last time I listened to the album before seeing it, but Eker shoots on seven instead oh, of waiting yeah. until ten. Oh, I forgot. Um, Hamilton tells Philip to like raise his gun to the sky because if Eker is like you know a respectable man, he will do the same, and then no one will have to die. Yeah, so that's always upsetting because then it sort of seems not necessarily that Hamilton's like responsible for Philip's death, but like he did yeah. have a hand in it. And I don't know if that's, like, historically... Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, like, I don't like, think Hamilton didn't actually know about it. Yeah, so that's kind of sad, too, that they sort of painted it that way. Goes to Stay Alive, the reprise. So then that goes into It's Quiet Uptown, and the Hamiltons move uptown after Philip's death. I guess it's just kind of portraying how it sort of ruins them a little bit. Um, I guess not a little that bit. makes me cry. Like, yes. So much. <sighs> Eliza's just kind of like broken and but then she finally ends up forgiving Hamilton and it's so emotional and and then we move on to the election of 1800 Jefferson's like can we get back to politics it's Madison who says please and like the way he goes please like he doesn't have the same word as us we're all like sobbing right now yeah (laughs) so yeah Jefferson is running against Burr for the presidency hamilton ends up endorsing jefferson seeing Burr's face go from like elation to shock that like i was not expecting to feel that like upset about that the reason hamilton picks jefferson is because he thinks that he actually has ideals and beliefs and burr has none throughout the show they did kind of show that so then that goes into your obedient servant Burr is basically just asking Hamilton to have a duel. When you get challenged to a duel, if you, like, refuse, that was kind of like an affront to your honor. Burr chose Weehawken. So they were going to duel there. And then that goes into Best of Wives and Best of Women, which... This uh, song makes me sad. I know. Because Hamilton's pretty much just waiting for dawn which is when they were gonna have the duel and eliza is telling him to go back to bed and we're like please just go back to bed <laughs> i think this is really when i mean she like forgives him during it's quiet uptown but like this is when you see that like their relationship has like recovered i mean it was really sad but like the death of philip kind of like 
brought them back together. But then, of course, Hamilton does not go back to bed, and it transitions into The World is Wide Enough, where they have the duel, and, you know, Hamilton ends up getting shot, even though Burr claims to have a terrible aim, which I think is really interesting. I mean, we don't really... Nobody knows if he actually shot his gun up or if he was actually trying to kill him. We don't know. I think it doesn't do the perfect job since he does point it up at the sky, but it does kind of show that, like, you know, Hamilton was wearing his glasses and he was fiddling with the trigger. So it, like, casts doubt on the, like, did Hamilton actually point his gun up at the sky? It has to be this, like, kind of conclusion to the narrative. To end the story, Hamilton throws away his shot and Burr finally takes it. Like, how they had people be the bullets. Like, I feel like that was... I mean, I understand that it would be really hard to, like... Because you can't shoot, like, a real bullet at someone on stage easily. So I feel like that was a good way to, like, show where the bullet was going. I do really like that, how Hamilton's just kind of, like, you know, cycling through all these emotions and thoughts, like, right before he gets shot and, um... Yeah, but I think, like, I usually am, like, kind of in shock during that song, but then when Burr's, like, the world was wide enough for both Hamilton and me. So then that goes into Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, which is mostly about Eliza and kind of her impact as well, because she lived 50 more years, and um, she spoke out against slavery, Um, established an orphanage and she like kind of told the story of Hamilton and all of the people that he was close with and also like she and Angelica remained really close and Angelica was buried near Hamilton I'm just like so worn out at the end from all the crying I know I was like after you texted me I was just like I'm so emotionally worn out I'm like emotionally drained like I love that song so much because Eliza gets her chance to have a legacy. I did want to talk about, like, her gasp at the end, too. I personally think it's her seeing the audience and that they're, like, she and Hamilton did have an impact. Did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I can see that, or I can see that she's, like, dying and she sees Hamilton. I think, I I read that she, Lopezu, purposely left it, like, ambiguous so like you get to decide which i think is really cool yeah so i guess that's the whole show <laughs> yeah um, i don't know it was kind of i mean it was really good it was really cool to see but it almost just felt like listening to the soundtrack with like watching it like it was so similar except for the small little thing so really really cool to see but it was like you know i kind of already know a lot of this stuff it was just crazy good i don't know (laughs) i did have a little bit of trivia there's this one piece of trivia that i thought was really interesting there's a dancer named ariana debose she is called the bullet and she's supposed to signify death in the show and so apparently she was always like around the person who's gonna die next she gave burr the quill um when he was like writing to hamilton about the duel and um I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, like she was she was the one who got killed first in the show, I think. Like after you'll be back. Cuz I did notice someone got killed and I was like, "Wait, why?" So I had to like look it up and then I found out that she was like death 
which I thought was really cool and also really creepy, but, <laughs> um, oh, also Guns and Ships has the fastest rap at 6.3 words per second, which is insane. <laughs> A lot of people are talking online about Jonathan Groff spitting. <laughs> um, so I was like, what's up with that? So I looked online and he, apparently he like put water in his mouth so he would like salivate a lot more. So he would spit on purpose to like, kind of like show um, King George's insanity. Yeah, that so. was kind of Yeah, because I was like, that's a lot of spit. I feel like that's on purpose, but... <laughs> so that's pretty much all the trivia I found. Did you have any final thoughts? Just, you know, while I really loved it, I also... There were parts that made me more uncomfortable now thinking of the way, the way we're, like, rethinking. It's really more white people that need to be rethinking how we see the world, but... Definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah. I also... I don't feel like I'm the right person to be making the judgment about this. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for listening, and tune in next week for our episode on Donnie Darko. Um, Make sure to follow us on Instagram, check out our blog, and send us an email or voicemail, um, and we'll see you next week.